silence. Silence. How did that feel? Some of you are wondering, what's wrong? Is her mic working? <laughs> this is awkward. She's just looking at us. What is wrong with her? Normally, Major is out there and ready to say, good morning. How are you doing, church, right? Silence. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. You are so amazing. And we've come together this morning, Lord, just to, to, just, to be in your presence. And so right now, Lord, I know that you have something in store for each and every one of us. And so, Father, I pray that you will just open our minds, our hearts, our eyes to you this morning, Lord. Maybe that, not my words that will be heard, it will be your words, Lord. So we thank you, Father God, for who you are. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Awkwardness. Silence is awkward. To me, just sitting here was a little bit awkward. You don't know, I was trying to hold it all in. It was a little awkward and it was a little bit, okay, they are looking at me and all the eyes are at me right now. But guess what, church? Silence is very uncomfortable, isn't it? We live in a world filled with noise. Look at that video that you just saw earlier. How many of you wake up like that? Or part of it? Somewhat of it? Always, there's always, you can't wake up in silence. You have to have something on, some music, some sort of noise, doesn't it? Don't we do that? We need to have sounds all around us, all the time. You see, we are all addicted to noise. And you're like, really? You're saying we're addicted to noise? Well, let me ask you this. The question is, are you addicted to noise? Paul says he is. But let me see here. Let me ask you this. When you get into your car, do you turn on the radio or it's already on? <laughs> you say, I'm just listening to Christian music or talk radio. Yep, think about it. It's still noise. It's still noise, whatever it is. How many of you get, when you want to get your students in the house, you want to get your homework done, you have to have an earphone on. Whether it's on or not, but it looks like something is going on, right? How about to get some of us or at work, to get our work done? We have to have an earphone on. We have to always have something on. Noises around us. We live in a world overrun with email. Twitter, Facebook messages, always on a smartphone, whatever smartphones you have. Text messaging, Instagram, Snapchat, countless other media inputs. We can't seem to unplug ourselves, church, from the noise and the distractions. In this fast-paced world, it is not uncommon for most of us to miss peaceful times of quiet, quietness. And many of us always seem to be in a rush. Are you always in a rush? Always in a rush? Can I tell you this morning, and I want to be honest with you, that this sermon that we're about to hear this morning is, is really, um, can I tell you, challenging for me? And I come to, to, to share this message with you, knowing that I have not gotten it all together yet in my life. You see, I am a high achiever. If you know me, and you've worked with me, I, I, I'm always doing something. And I'm always on the go. You see, I'm a very high task-oriented kind of person. And that's me. And so, when you think of silence and solitude, uh-uh, it's not for me. 
It's not for me. But I can truly say to you this morning that I am working on this whole thing of silence and solitude. And I'm in progress. I am in progress. I have not reached it there, but I am working on it. Because you see this morning, I am preaching to myself. And I wanted to preach to myself and sharing it with all of you. I do preach a lot to myself in the car or wherever I'm at, but this morning, I am preaching to myself. And please join me as I preach to myself. Because you see, preaching this morning is not just to the choir. So let's together learn and discover what silence and solitude does to us. It enables us to hear God and know Him more deeply. You see, both silence and solitude usually go together. They go together like peanut butter and jelly, salt and pepper. They go together as our way of developing ourselves in the spiritual disciplines in our lives. For the past weeks, and today we end the whole series of growing in Christ in terms of spiritual disciplines. We've learned about prayer. If you look back to it, we did all the whole fitness thing here. Reading the Bible, really understanding what it means. Being a good steward of what God has given us, that's spiritual discipline. And certainly many of you really got on and t- started talking about discipline of simplicity. Remember how Major just meddled in each of our lives that Sunday? He sure did, didn't he? Simplicity. And this morning, I hope to meddle in your life again today in terms of silence and solitude. These are spiritual di- disciplines that are habits. You see, Christians... Followers of Christ, like you and I, do not automatically grow into maturity by attending church services. The truth of the matter is that church, the spiritual growth and maturity needs to be intentional. Intentional. It requires commitment to grow in our walk with God. And for us as believers, a person must want to grow, decide to grow, and make an effort to grow. You see, these disciplines can't save us. It can't save us, but they can increase. They can increase our desire and awareness and love of God in our lives. So what makes something a special discipline? It takes specific part on our way of life, our way of life, and turns it over to God. A spiritual discipline is when practiced faithfully, regularly, it becomes a habit, a regular pattern in your life that repeatedly brings you back to God and opens you up to what God is saying to us. It's like working out. How many of you work out? It's like working out. It's like, I can't just be fit by just, by looking at these equipments right here. I need to actually work it out. I need to actually make sure I eat proper food. I drink enough water, but I also have to touch these things and practice them regularly in order for me to be fit. And that's similar to what it means to be spiritually fit in our walk when we practice these disciplines that we've learned. And today, it's about silence and solitude. What is silence and solitude? Let's take silence for a moment. And silence is this. Listen to this. It is the voluntary and temporary refraining from speaking so that certain spiritual goals might be sought. 
So in silence, we voluntarily, it's not mandatory, yeah, we would be good, but we have to make it voluntarily quiet ourselves in that practice. We are putting ourselves in a position to hear from God. Talking about silence, it was, I would say, two weeks ago in the car, Gabby and I were heading back home here from the Croc Center, and our drive to home is about four to five minutes. And so every time we're in the car, Gabby would say, Mom, let's turn on the radio. And, and so I would, but this time, this drive home, and Gabby gave me permission to share this, I said, Gabby, this time home, can we just like, turn off the radio and not have any music at all? I just want silence. And so I told Gabby, so Gabby, when I say go, let's start it, okay? When I say go, and let's do it. And so I said, one, two, three, go. And in, a little bit in, I looked in the rear view mirror, and I said, and Gabby's laughing. I'm like, why are you laughing? Mom, because it's awkward. Okay, then let's do it again. One, two, three, go. So we did it again. I said, it's awkward, so might as well let's do it. So we did, and we got home within, I would say, four to five, Four minutes or so, and to tell you the truth, it was the longest four minutes of our drive home that we've ever had. Felt like 10 minutes. But church, can I tell you that experience and that two weeks ago with Gabby has, and I don't know, we just did it for, it wasn't much for the sermon. It was just, we just, I wanted to do it. Can I tell you that I have been in my car, especially when I'm alone by myself, I don't listen to the radio. I've had spent time with God, and it's been amazing. It's been very interesting as well that I'm really focusing on driving uh, and really seeing what's out there and observing what's out there. But talking about silence, silence, it is hard, difficult, because you see, we cannot find God in the noise and in the restlessness around us. Look at nature. They all grow. Trees, plants grow in silence. Stars and moon, they move in silence. And I like what the psalmist says in Psalm 46, to be still and know that I am God. That is hard, but it is so possible. In silence, God listens to us. In silence, God speaks to our souls. And in silence, we are granted the privilege, church, of hearing the voice of God. His voice. So how do we do it? How do we begin to engage in this idea of silence, the discipline? How do we start listening for God? And how do we experience a, quiet, a quietness in a culture where it craves stimulation, thrives on noise? Silence is really, church, a time to rest in God. Maybe for you, this is nothing new. It is to lean into God and trust Him. You see, like a can opener, like a can opener, the silence opens up the contents, the contents of our heart and allowing us to go deeper access to what God wants us to experience that we've never experienced in our lives. So as we remain in silence, all these inner noise and the chaos that is going on in our lives will settle. Because you see, silence is empty unless it is filled with grace and presence of God. I want to say that again. Silence is empty unless it is filled with the grace and presence of God. So even if it is a bit uncomfortable, we've been asked to do it. It is something that will help us 
to grow in our walk with Him. We need to, to wait in silence. And the more we do it, it gets easier. And I mean when we, we get things. And imagine when it's diet, dieting, when the more we do it, it gets easier. When, when you're learning a foreign language, what happens? The more you do it, it gets easier. And I tell you, having worked out for almost a year now with a, a personal trainer here at the Crocsteter, it's been blessed. Keeping to do it on a regular basis, practice, and practicing it right, it gets easier. Can I tell you that these items right here means a lot to me right now? There's pain. But getting it and doing it is, it gets easier. And I'm not perfect at it yet. But which one do you think of these items really gets to me? I call it my nemesis. What is it? I tell you, this rope has been my nemesis for a year. So let me show you. This rope, I couldn't do it. I wanted to run away, and I cried for the first time I ever touched this rope. And every time Michelle brings it out, I say, oh, no, the rope is out. Oh, no. And I have to make myself do it because I know that it's good for me. Can I try it with you right now? Because I know I can do it. There you go. That's it. There's more, but no, no, just kidding. It is. Practicing it more and more, it gets easier, even though it hurts. Silence, it hurts because it's too quiet. It's the same with solitude. So let's look at solitude. Solitude, again, it is voluntary and temporary withdrawing. It is withdrawing to privacy for spiritual purposes the period of solitude now may last only a few minutes or four days. And I want to go on to see solitude, we unplug. We have to unplug and we withdraw from the noise, the busyness, and constant stimulation associated with the life in our culture. We, need, we, are, peop, we are people who love people, right? We all want to be surrounded with people. We love company. But solitude is... It's uncomfortable and it's hard to adjust because you see, solitude is not loneliness. I don't want you to think of solitude as loneliness because you see, loneliness is being alone and feeling empty. And solitude is being alone, finding fulfillment in Christ. That's the difference. So when we always talk about solitude, you always say, oh, I don't want to be lonely, alone, and depressed. It's not about that. It is about being, finding fulfillment in Christ, in our spiritual walk. Remember what it was like as we talking about Valentine's and the renewal of vows? Remember what it was like when you first fell in love? Yes? The same thing in the first service. No one wants to answer. You guys didn't fell in love? I remember when Major and I were dating and Philip, it was, it was amazing, it was great, and we wanted to, and the worst part, we were always, um, we, we were long distance, we were long distance, and to be honest with you, every moment that we had together was a special moment. It was a time to get to know each other, to learn more about each other, and when I think about that, I think about our Lord in terms of solitude, the idea of spending time with God so that we can get to know him, to pray, to worship, to meditate in his words, simply to enjoy God's presence, enjoying God's presence. That's what solitude is all about, spending time alone with God. 
moving, getting out of what you're doing. And Lamentations tells us and says this, the Lord is good to those who hope, whose hope is in him. To the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And I like the end part, let him sit alone in silence, for the Lord has laid it on him. Church, solitude allows us to refocus ourselves on what truly is important. What truly is important. It is good every now and then to come away, to find some time to away from your cell phones, away from your calendar, away from TV, away from the daily grinds. Because you see, God says we, he doesn't want us to worry of the things in life that chokes us. Look at Mark. Verse uh, chapter 4. And then God, rather, God wants us to spend time in Jesus. And like Mary, who's sitting at the, at the feet of Jesus, hearing the word. That's what God wants us. Solitude. And can I just tell you that many times when I'm preaching here, I always share to you an experience that I had June of 2016. And the reason I keep sharing it, church, is because it has, such, it has brought such a big difference in my walk with God. It is a time when I was sent, selected to go to Chicago for two weeks at the Bringle Holiness Institute. And it was a week, two weeks of quietness. Uh, it was a, two weeks of learning. It was a two week of solitude. Too. I had no TV. I had no TV in my room. There was no phone, nothing around me. No internet access. They forcefully made us not to access the, the, the internet. But can I just tell you, that has made such a difference in my life. Have I fallen? Yes, I have. Until today, I look back at that moment and God keeps reminding me, I need to be in fellowship. I need to be in silence and solitude in my life. Because you see, God says it is very important for you to grow in that sense. It is important because of this church, it was modeled by Jesus. Jesus modeled silence and solitude. He prayed, he rested, he received God, direction from God. And Matthew tells us, after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray, and night fell while he was there alone. And what else did he do? Luke 4.42, early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place. Jesus did it, church. It's not an accident that he did it. He withdrew alone to pray and listen to God. And if Jesus needed it, how much more we need it too. And if we say that we want to be like Jesus, then we need to be like Jesus to take some time of silence and solitude. And not only did Jesus model it, you see silence and solitude is important because it tells us, it helps us to a, spiritual, to, to a deeper spiritual walk with him. And the way we go deeper in our walk with him is through listening to his voice. Who else can we listen to if we want to walk the way Jesus wants us to walk? We need to listen to the master's voice, don't we? You see, we, the arrival of technology has been a mixed blessing. Can I hear an amen? amen. Mixed blessing. Good things. I love my iPhone. It gets me and get me things done with the way it's there. But honestly, church, it has also brought some negative 
aspects as well, hasn't it? The negative side is that now we don't have to go anywhere without any human voices. We don't, we, we don't need to see each other in person because the phone is always there. As a result, we are less frequently alone with our thoughts to listen to God's voice because of these things, we are, we are the most noise-polluted generation ever. We have to learn to discipline ourselves for silence and solitude. Let me ask you this. How often do you give God your undivided attention? Undivided. A time to reflect, a time to recall his promises, a time to seek his direction, to rest in his goodness. We need to meditate on it. And church, we need to voluntarily and regularly refrain that silence. We draw that solitude so that we can seek the Lord in our life. And so as we draw this service, this message to a close, I just want to give you just three takeaways, three ways that we can actually experience silence and solitude. And the first thing is this. How do we make it real in our lives? Is this. We need to get rid of the fear of silence. We always have fears, don't we? But silence maybe is a fear for you this morning, so get rid of it. Basically, give yourself some time to, to maybe two minutes here, three minutes there. Increase it. Get rid of that fear. Get rid of it. Secondly, commit to occasional, I like this word, minute retreats. I'm not talking about going off on a weekend, going off on a long two weeks trip somewhere, but this is commit to minute retreats each day of silence and solitude. Let me see. A moment at a traffic light, in an elevator, or in the line at a drive-thru, or in a grocery store, can become a minute retreat for you. Imagine that. When we can concentrate as, as a time of silence and solitude. A lot of times we get too busy thinking of other things while waiting. Why not wait and listen to what God is saying to you while in the middle of a traffic? How much more we need God at that moment. Lastly, and there's more, but this morning, we need to set a goal of having time each day for outward silence and solitude. I'm looking at devotional time. Time, and many of you are actually doing it and continue to do it. Don't give up. Devotional time. And I like what missionary Jim Elliott says. He says, I think the devil has made it his business to monopolize on three elements. And the, here they are, noise, hurry, and crowds. Satan is quite aware of the power of silence. Our days are usually filled with more than enough noise, plenty of hurry, and demanding people. So in conclusion this morning, church, silence, solitude, and I will also say simplicity seem to interfere, to meddle in our lives. And I imagine that some of you, as I began this, this message, some of you probably thought, ah, oh, this is such a waste of time, and maybe this doesn't apply to me. I get that, church, but I suspect that there might be 10 to 20% of us here today know what I'm talking about and know what they need. So in, if we are serious about growing deep in our walk with God, 
We need to take some time to be silent and in solitude. We must do this because we can't grow deep in our faith unless we carve out time to listen to God. We have to. It is a priority. And so let me ask you this. Will you start now? And if you have started it, please keep going. Don't give up. Persevere. Will you commit yourself to this? Not just the prayer, Bible, stewardship, simplicity, but again, silence and solitude. So I challenge you. And can I just tell you, many of the other, the first service shared that I've been doing it and I love it. So if you are doing silence and solitude in your life today, can I ask you to share that with someone, what it's like? Because it will be a blessing to them and it will encourage them to take some time to be in solitude and in silence. Church, we end this series, the discipline, our spiritual disciplines of all those we've done. And all of it, church, can I just say you, it boils down to one thing, time. Do we have time? Because you see, we're too busy, aren't we? Busy to pray, busy to read our Bible, busy to take care of some things God has given us, busy to declutter our lives, and certainly busy to be silenced for a moment. Time. And my challenge this morning is that you use your time wisely. And you make time because you see how God misses us. That time of moments with him together, how important it is for him, for us to do that. What's our response this morning? In terms of silence and solitude, we get too busy, aren't we? That we miss our time with him. And I invite you, I know we, we have a few more minutes left, that I want to take this opportunity to challenge you and maybe some of you in the room saying, you know what, I probably need to get started. It's never too late. And so what I'm going to ask, no music is going to be playing. I can just hear the air conditioning in just a couple minutes or less. I'm going to invite you this morning. There's a place of prayer, maybe for yourself, maybe a time to maybe ask God, maybe as for the marriages or the relationships in those families. Maybe you haven't spent time in silence and solitude together. This is individual, but really it is also together as a family. Husband and wife, you haven't much time together with the Lord. Maybe this is a time to pray and bring it to the Lord. So I'm just going to open it, and then I will close in prayer. Listen. Listen to silence. Before I pray, I'm going to challenge each of you once again. Maybe this week you want to do one thing this week of what it means to be silent. Maybe spend some time, you're doing the, your devotion anytime during the, the day, morning, middle, or evening, or maybe taking some minute retreats this week. I'm going to ask you to commit to that, and I'm going to ask you to stand up where you're at. No one is going to be looking around, and you're standing up, you're saying, Lord, I'm going to do something this week. I'm going to do something, whatever that is that God is saying to you this morning, and only he knows and you know. Stand where you're at, and I want to lift you up in prayer and say, whatever that you're going to try this week, I know that God is going to be there to equip you and strengthen you. So stand where you're at and just listen to what he has to say to you. Father God, we come to you this morning, 
And I, as I look around, there are people standing, Lord, and I don't know what each and every one of them, Lord, are, are going to do this week. But somehow, in some way, you have touched their heart in terms of how we need to t- spend time with you, to be in silence and be in solitude. Father, how much we want to grow closer and deeper in our walk with you. So, Father, for everyone standing, and even for those who are struggling with this, Lord, I just pray that you will just continue to speak to us. You've never given up on us, and that's the greatest thing about you, God. You never give up. You continue to love us and love us and love us. So, Father, bless each one. Give them wisdom and strength and comfort and the peace this week and the joy of growing and knowing you more and more each day. Bless those who have prayed on the mercy seat. Continue to speak to their hearts today. We ask this in your son's precious and mighty name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated.